question is, is Earth life special? Is it unique? Or did life originate in other places? And so by searching for life on Mars or Europa or Enceladus, and if we find it there, the second question will be, did it originate twice, once on Earth and once in this other place? Mm -hmm. Or did you have this whole panspermia thing? Talking to people about dark matter and neutrinos can be funny. Surely you're joking. Hopefully, yes. What a wonderful universe. Welcome to Surely You're Joking. I'm your host, Kevin Peter Hickerson. Uh, with me today is very funny comedian Jimmy O. Yang. What up? And Griff Pippen. Hey. And we have a very special guest today. I'm really excited about uh, her. She's uh, the senior editor of the Planetary Society and uh, Planetary Evangelist, which is the coolest subtitle I've ever heard. <laughs> Emily Wachtwala, hi. Thanks for having me. Did I say that right? Pretty close. Oh, pretty close. <laughs> close. You told me not to think it, and so I just I just <laughs> relaxed and let go, and it came out wrong anyway. Uh, Griff's seen me um, just try and not overthink things, too. Yeah, the, you do a show. great job. When you start to think about things, your brain just literally jumps off a cliff, and it's so <laughs> fun to watch. <laughs> Uh, we're also waiting for uh, Owen Benjamin, but he's uh, more important than us, I he's guess. So he's, us he's, big time, yeah. <laughs> he's big timing us. He's big timing. He's going to phone it in, I think, huh. later. Um, <laughs> he'll probably come in the middle. Um, so the reason it's exciting to have you here is because, as you, I'm sure you know, because you're you, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're a very popular blogger, and you write about uh, planets and Mars mm -hmm. and Pluto and stuff like that, and... Uh, when I told people you're going to be on the show, they flipped out, about half of them. Um, I write about things that aren't planets, too. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, so um, I would love to have you tell us <laughs> what you do more than me because <laughs> sure. you're better at it. Yeah, well, for uh, about 11 years now, which is a hell of a long time, I've been writing the Planetary Society blog about the current exploration of all of the planets and moons and smaller bodies, asteroids and comets and everything in our solar system, and all of the active space robots that are out there sending us new pictures, and also kind of digging into archives and finding the greatest pictures I can find from planets from the entire history of space exploration. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. And I, I saw one of your recent uh, pictures. I wasn't sure if you made the picture or not, but it's a whole catalog of like every small body in the whole solar system. And it was amazing because I, just, I love how like, you know, the well-known planets and moons are just sort of little, uh, they almost look like afterthoughts in this large scale of uh, all these different things. Yeah, you know, when you see a, a planet like floating out there in the middle of space, you have no idea what the scale is. You don't really realize that Earth, it's, it's the biggest solid planet, but it's teeny compared to Jupiter. And then Pluto, everybody's so excited about, it's actually smaller than like nine of the moons in the solar system. So it's, it's great to get that kind of perspective. Oh, that's awesome. So do you get a lot of uh, feedback on that? I mean, I know you're very popular in, on Twitter and, and now Facebook and everything. Do people share those pictures a lot? Mm. They do a lot. Actually, the kind of picture that you're talking about where I make like scale comparisons of asteroids and planets and moons, I actually make those for professionals because the graphics they use in their talks tend to be really horrible and I want to oh, make yeah. them better. <laughs> and so I produce these scale images and I've seen them in so many books and talks and presentations and stuff now. Uh -huh. um, one of the, uh, a, a graphic that I was hoping somebody would make, I don't know if you, you feel, will feel inclined to do it <laughs> sometime, but... Um, one of the things we've talked about on this uh, podcast a lot is how this last decade has seen so much water being discovered, not just even on other planets, which is already amazing, but even the fact that there's more water on Earth than we thought. 
and that probably a lot of those plants have even more water inside of their you know inside of their mantles than and, and I was just really hoping somebody would make a graphic showing like amount of water you know per time discovered per time because <laughs> it really seems like we're at this huge uh, almost like a like a revolution the fact that it just could go up so high in just 10 years I like to see a graphic that records the number of times each year that NASA has discovered water on Mars, because it, it happens at least <laughs> once a year. It's like a running joke in the planetary science community. But they, yeah, they discover water everywhere. It's, in, it's at Mercury's poles. It's at the poles of the moon. Um, of course, there's oceans inside Europa and Ganymede and now Enceladus. There might be one in Pluto, but probably not. There probably used to be one in Ceres, but probably not anymore. But it's actually really very common. There's water everywhere except Venus. Oh, darn. I was oceans gonna... Or California. Europa. Flowing <laughs> oceans, just like here. But inside. So there's like a thick crust of solid ice, and then there's an ocean. And at Europa, the reason Europa's cool is because there's rock underneath the ocean, and you have like, you can imagine like those black smoker vents that they saw with the submarines that they send down in the ocean. That kind of stuff is probably happening on Europa. And then there's Ganymede, which probably has ice, and then an ocean, and then another layer of ice, and then another ocean another layer of ice because ice goes through phase changes and it has like these different density things wow. and it forms it's wacky wow. and so they call it the club sandwich model for the interior wow, of Ganymede. The club sa mm -hmm. So in theory if we had the technology we could go to Ganymede and send some technology drill hole in there and then Nestle could make a lot more money off of that. <laughs> I like how you just used the word technology because you have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. So we have technology <laughs> take us there and then send more technology inside <laughs> to extract some technology for I, us. I also like you started off the extract some technology. He started off the sentence with in theory. You know, like, yeah. theory. Griff has no idea what that means, no. but it's a great I way don't to know what any of those words mean at all. But actually, people have talked about landing a lander on Europa that has like a heat source, which you do generally because when you send things to the other Solar, outer solar system, you send them with a radioisotope thermoelectric generator, which uses heat to create energy. And so you land this thing on an icy world, and you just use the heat to melt yourself right through the ice. Ooh. And then you can swim around in the ocean. Of course, the ice is really quite thick. It's probably several kilometers thick. This wow. isn't an easy thing to do. Um, no. But in Europa, it's relatively thin compared to some of the other worlds. So it would be a little easier to do it there than in other places. There you go. That's what I was asking. That's all I was asking, technology. guys. Exactly. <laughs> the technology of thermoradio... Oh, man. I can't do that whole... Radioisotope. Radioisotope. Thermoelectric. Thermoelectric. Generator. Generator. Radioisotope thermoelectric... Ge man. Are these water... Um, is water plural? Is this water or are these water? Is this water drinkable is my question. Like that's is a pH level like a human? So that's a very good question. We don't know. Um, we know it's probably salt water. Um, and the reason that we know that it's probably salt water is because uh, Jupiter's magnetic field induces a magnetic field in Europa. And you can only do that with uh, if you have like a fluid that can be electrically charged. And Ooh. on Earth, the fluid that makes our magnetic field is the liquid iron outer core. But on Europa, it's much colder. The fluid is almost certainly salt water. So it's like Gatorade. Yeah. <laughs> right? That's electrically charged. Except with ammonia in it. Oh, <laughs> disgusting. It's yeah, kind of like a cucumber kiwi Gatorade. That water's almost as bad as the tap water in L.A. This, that's the second episode you said. <laughs> I like Call the back, tap water Kevin. in L.A. <laughs> Gosh. He hacked himself just now. Uh, when the most recent discovery of water on Mars was, uh, was announced, we had um, Adam Steltzner on the show. and I'm sure you've probably met him. Mm -hmm, I have. Yep. Um, and Griff used that same joke. <laughs> he ran out of material. You know what? I'm going to do it again. I'm going to do it right. on a third episode. 
<laughs> just to pitch you off. Have you guys ever done that? Like when you're on stage doing a set and then you did the same joke? Within the set? I've seen people do that. I haven't yeah. done that, but it's, I've seen someone. Because usually you don't realize it until the audience gives you like a weird reaction. Like, this joke always works. Why isn't it working? Well, then you have to do it a third time, and then they'll think it's funny. because Yes, yeah. that'll yeah. seem yeah. intentional. See, yeah. that's brilliant. I've seen someone literally like sit there, bomb with a joke, and they go, okay, you didn't like that? I'm going to try it a different one, and then redo the same joke the second time. Oh, that's good. And it would hit, and they gave them the benefit of the doubt. So now you got to do that joke again, Griff. Yeah. At some point. Yeah, exactly. So we're going to do it a third time. <laughs> <laughs> Normally I get some news stories, but um, I've been uh, really busy setting up for an experiment I'm doing uh, next week at Los Alamos, so I've just been totally brain fried. Uh, could you tell us – also, the news is kind of distracted by, you know, not science at the moment, obviously. Um, do you have any uh, news stories that you want to tell us about? I sure. think you said you went to a um, – to a – Thing. Yeah, I went to a thing. I went to the <laughs> annual meeting of the Division for Planetary Sciences of the American Astronomical Society last week, which is a mouthful, so everybody calls it DPS. And there was lots and lots of news from Pluto and Ceres and comet Churyumov-Gerasimenko, which are all being explored by active spacecraft right now. I love how you rolled that off your tongue. Like I've been that. practicing yeah. it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so like a, so yeah. should do that as a warm-up before going on stage. I could probably so. learn Polish before I learn what she does. <laughs> so I was talking about uh, DPS, and there's news from Pluto. Um, so New Horizons flew past Pluto in July. Um, and is now on its way to a more distant Kuiper Belt object. And uh, the news from Pluto is pr pretty cool. They were looking at stereoscopic images, so they handed out 3D glasses to the whole audience, and the scientists, they like spent the whole meeting waiting to be told to put on their 3D glasses <laughs> to see 3D images, and they finally got a chance to, and it was to look at maybe volcanoes on Pluto. Not mm. volcanoes of rock, because it's way too cold out there for that. They're built out of ice. They're round things with a Water great big ice? hole in the center. Water ice, uh -huh. yes. That's a good question because most of Pluto is yeah, they actually keep switching. covered with... Yeah. It's, it's like people ask me and I don't quite know because it seems like they change their mind every... Like, well, well, it's either nitrogen or water. But or I, or it, it's <laughs> actually all of the above. So there's, uh, it's, it's got to mostly be built of water ice. And the reason they know that is because it has topography. And water ice is the only one that's strong enough um, to hold up several kilometer high mountains on the surface of Pluto. Then you have all these weaker ices like nitrogen and carbon monoxide and carbon dioxide and methane. And they all do very interesting things on the surface of Pluto. The nitrogen probably flows like glaciers. We, you can see these images where it looks just like an earth glacier carving an alpine mountain, but, but oh, it's got to be melting. nitrogen. <laughs> I thought you were going to say melting, because if it looks like an Earth's glacier, then it's... Yeah, so you wouldn't oh, think about oh, that. Was that a joke oh, about yeah. global warming? Ah, yeah. yes. <laughs> relevant. <laughs> Sorry for being relevant, people. <laughs> but it's actually really wacky. There's, If you look at the mountains on Pluto, you see these things, these dendritic channels. They're branched, they're, and they look like rivers and what the heck are rivers doing out there at Pluto mm -hmm. and so they could only be carved by something that could be liquid at Pluto and candidates for that are nitrogen maybe sometimes maybe neon Sweet. imagine rivers flowing with neon on the, the disco. surface of, yeah. what would that look like <laughs> visually most of these are clear. It wouldn't be that exciting. It wouldn't it be like glowing. Like <laughs> it's kind of like a Steve Aoki concert. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I wish. DJ Pluto. You wouldn't want to do that with the methane around you. But, but there is all this red stuff. And it's like bright red. And the explanation I read about it, um, somebody even called me up and quoted me for an article. And I really was just re-quoting someone else. I had no idea what it was. Some kind of like 
macromolecule or something in the atmosphere? Do you know? Tholins. 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 Okay. <laughs> so tholins are what happen when you take a, uh, an atmosphere that has lots of methane in it um, and other stuff, and you hit it with ultraviolet radiation from the sun. You bust off little hydrogens from the methane, and then they can recombine into longer chain carbon molecules. And sometimes they grab a nitrogen, and sometimes they grab a carbon monoxide or something, so you get oxygens and nitrogens and stuff stuck in there. And you get this branching, chainy, carbon-rich, large-scale like organic molecule. So it's like plastic or something. Basically. Yeah, and it, it, it locks together, like it, it forms these gunky haze particles. It's one oh. of the reasons why you can't see through Titan's atmosphere. The same thing is happening there. And it snows down onto the surface. Mm -hmm. And you get you get a gunk that covers up the other the bright white ices, and it makes this dark colored reddish surface. Do we the have that here. Yeah. We don't have it occurring naturally so yeah, much, but we make it in the lab. Right. Well, we also we we dump plastic in the water too. Well, we do yeah, do that. Double irrelevant <laughs> now. Yeah. What's the temperature over there? Off the top of oh wait, so I should. I think I know. Fifty Kelvin, I think. Which is I thought it was 40, but it probably goes in and out actually because yeah. it goes back. Was that negative 230 Celsius? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Wow. I think it ranges from 35 to 50. Mm -hmm. It's oh, like 17. You'd have to pack Fahrenheit several outfits. <laughs> 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 Wear layers. <laughs> is it way different uh, in the sun versus the non-sun because there's no at atmosphere? Is it like Mercury where there's a big shift or? It, uh, it does have an atmosphere, so, um, and actually there's some really amazing images from New Horizons looking back as they flew uh, beyond Pluto, and it, you can see the whole atmosphere outlined in this ring around the world. It's so cool. Um, so there is some averaging of the temperature from day side to night side, but it has a six-day rotation period, so it spends a long time looking at the sun and then a long time being at, at night, and so you would expect some temperature contrast yeah. because of that. And it's blue, right? And what the atmosphere is blue, yes. Yeah, it's awesome. It's yeah. like is the is first there possible life there? I think so, but I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's possible. There's life everywhere. That's true. I don't know. <laughs> um, do you what think do, uh, do you think that on moons around Jupiter or Saturn that we might find fish or something like fish? Um, personally, I think it's pretty unlikely we'll find big things. I think that uh, it's much more likely we'll find little tiny unicellular things, but uh, I'm not banking on finding other life in our solar system, but, you know, it would be cool to find it. There so could we be should look. Fish? I think there could be fish. I didn't Whales. bias the question, but, yeah, I totally Squid. Wow. Well, why not? I mean, Squid. Why squid. not? Yeah. Why not? <laughs> yeah. I mean, Aren't we the find odds against fish? Why? I don't, we don't know the odds. That's the whole part. Well, could we make never tell the odds. You know, <laughs> off of the fish there, Jimmy would eat them. <laughs> oh, it would be so nice if they just... A tuna replacement there. We'd all move. Yeah, transportation. Less mercury in it. <laughs> Amazon Prime would definitely not ship from whatever that joke bombed. That's <laughs> all right. You remember his one about yeah. the glaciers? Yeah, I mean, that, that was, that was way joke. worse. Yeah. See? Kevin disguises his jokes as actual facts. So, like, yeah. if it bombs, it's like, whatever. It's a joke. So yeah. Right. Like, oh, just scientific yeah. fact. We can't, it's, it's, uh, we, we can't, we can't penetrate science. that. Yeah. That wasn't a joke. People either laugh or go, good point, Kevin. You know? <laughs> <laughs> That's, what I'm That's how I am with music. Like, when I, when I write a song that I think is going to be funny or, like, real, it becomes funny and then vice versa. Hmm. It's weird. Like, people are just like, oh. It's really funny. And I'm like, no, that's a powerful love story. <laughs> and then the other way is true. What do you think is the most fascinating thing about Pluto going right now that we didn't know before? Uh, well, I hate picking superlatives, but I, so I think I'm going to, there's a weasel way out of this, which is that Pluto is incredibly diverse. So it has, it looks incredibly different from place to place. It looks like Iapetus around the middle. It looks like 
uh, Triton in some spots. It looks like Enceladus in some spots. It looks like all these different other places in the solar system. Uh, but then there are other kinds of landscapes that I've never seen anywhere else before. And so there's just so many different kinds of geology on the surface that it's wow. just incredible. When you say diverse, like would Earth be considered diverse? Yes. So okay. Earth is incredibly diverse as well. And you're not surprised to see Earth being diverse because it's huge and it's geologically active and it's got a thick atmosphere. It's got weather. It's got life doing all kinds of stuff to the surface. <laughs> but But a tiny... Uh, cold. I mean, Pluto's really small. It's mm -hmm. a lot smaller than our moon, and it's really far away from the sun. And so you just don't expect it to look that interesting. Yeah, our moon's boring. I mean, that's why I didn't go back. It's just so boring. Them's fighting words. Yeah. I mean, I, I have this weird feeling like there's some civilization where they, their moon is interesting. So like they, you know, their Come space on, program our moon is cool. takes off. All right. I mean, it's. I, I would go there if uh, if I could. It's. Is the size of Pluto, like the surface area, like the size of, say, Russia or something? Oh, I knew the okay. answer to this. It's, You're it's, trying to uh, get political with that? <laughs> I think it's, it's United States-ish. Ish, minus Florida. No, I yeah. think it's a little bigger than that, but, it, but not much bigger than that. I mean, it, it's not very big. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh. Mm -hmm. right. It's small. It's similar in size to, let's see, it's 2400. It's, it's the same size as Triton. Uh, it's smaller than the Galilean moons of Jupiter, the big moons of Jupiter, um, but it's bigger than the medium-sized moons of Saturn. So it's it's kind of in the middle of all of those round things in the solar system. What's the moon with the highest chance of uh, life? Because I'm more, a little more excited about these moons these days. Yeah. Well, because right. I, I told be. you that moons are fish. pretty hot right yeah. now. Yeah. I think moons are kind of popping. <laughs> so what you want for life is you want a solvent to dissolve chemicals in and, and do chemical reactions. You want a source of lots of interesting chemical cations and stuff. You want energy. And so the, there's two places where you get all of that happening right now, and that's Europa and Enceladus. Enceladus. So, yeah, Enceladus is pretty cool. So Enceladus is quite small. Enceladus is only about a quarter to a fifth the diameter of Pluto. It's really tiny. It's only 500 kilometers across. But it's got these geysers spitting out of its south pole, and Cassini, the spacecraft, has flown right through those geysers and sampled them and found it to be salt water. And Whoa. it's salt water with, um, with other metal ions in there that tell you that it's, it's salt water in contact with rock. And it's, you know, liquid, it's got energy, and it's got all the, the interesting chemistry. So Enceladus would be a cool place so to So is look. it possible Cassini actually has aliens on it right now? Is that a possibility? It's a possibility. <laughs> I'd say how likely a possibility it is, but I'll say it's a possibility. Uh, oh, I don't know. No, it wouldn't sorry, be nothing. What? It doesn't. Would gravity be like tiny. It's it's very small. It's very small. Um, you couldn't jump into orbit from uh, Enceladus's surface, but it's pretty small. With our technology, is it possible to travel to Europa or this uh, Enceladus right now? Uh, is it possible for spacecraft or humans? Or either. Well, I mean, spacecraft, spacecraft are sending there already. Well, I mean, yeah. I want to I want to hear both. Yeah. Yeah. So we're sending space. We can certainly we can launch a spacecraft uh, okay. there all the time um, if you want to throw the money at it. Humans, no. Humans, definitely not. I mean, we can't get humans can't. past Earth, out of Earth orbit right now. We don't right. have the technology to do that. Really? What? Well, really? What about the moon? We we yeah. went to the moon, right? That's well, it's still in Earth orbit. Oh, that's yeah. so. What is the <laughs> reason we can't go humans further? Is there some kind of pressure thing, or what? 
Why can't a human being go we all need the way Wi-Fi. to Wi-Fi? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not an expert on human space exploration, but uh, I know enough to say that the long-duration space flight is not a problem that we've solved right now. And there's a bunch of problems. There's um, human bodies degenerate in space. There's radiation damage to your bodies. And there's also the psychological problems of locking up a bunch of people in a tin can and oh. leaving them there for years without sight of any surface of a planet. Oh, yeah, like the, the four of us in this, we can oh. stay in a, like a studio for like tops three hours. Yeah. Can you imagine three. four of us in yeah. like a space station together for three it's years? Like solitary confinement. We actually we did a road trip and that was kind of like being stuck in a. That was really fun. That was you super explained fun. to me a lot about wind power. Yeah, no, that's right. And yeah. about how uh, markets will kind of just adapt to like different like. Uh, I, you know, I got kind of depressed at certain parts of it. <laughs> That's what happens when riding with Kevin so. for over two well, hours. You just get depressed. <laughs> yeah. You feel so yeah, imagine. We had a good time, though. We got we were driving the wrong direction for an hour, which had <laughs> two hours. And that yeah. was on a Can you imagine doing that to Europa? You're on your, like, <laughs> 20th month, and then you're just like, oh, we're on the wrong, wrong way. way. Well, the other one is only 500 kilometers across, so that would be, I don't know. Could you kind of do the whole thing in a couple hours? Do the... Oh, I was talking about flying there. Like, you aim for the wrong moon. All right, never mind. <laughs> uh, yeah, so um, so you're a planetary evangelist. Did I say that right? Um, what does title. that mean yeah. exactly? What does that term mean? <laughs> and did you come up with it? I did come up with it. And uh, I did it because I f- figured out, actually, I figured out when I was in graduate school that all of the data ever taken by any NASA spacecraft is free to the public. It's available. And nobody knew about all of these amazing images and stories about all the spacecraft that were just there for the taking. And so I wanted to take all of that stuff that was, it wasn't locked away, but it was just kept in in dusty archives like a library and and people didn't go in there to go out and and pull it out. And I wanted to pull it all out and dust it off and make it pretty and put out there to the public to show them what all the amazing things that space robots have done. That's awesome. Awesome. We need more great people like you. Do you think you could ever make a comedian robot? You think that's possible? <laughs> it's like not my area of expertise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Funny bot. Yeah, but they really are trying to do that, though. Aren't they doing that? At, yeah, uh, I, I, there's a speaker I, I want to try. She's in, in Pittsburgh, right? Yeah, in Pittsburgh. Next time we go to Pittsburgh, we got to interview her. Do you think that that would work? Is there algorithms for humor, you think? I don't know. <laughs> that is probably one of the most highest level of things, right? Because humor is so. Yeah, you might be a little subjective subject. on this. It's one. very subjective. You sense yeah. like a feeling of emotion in the room. How could a robot do that? Yeah, the IBM Watson can't even tell. Well, a joke. in theory, Griff. You could <laughs> in take theory, it. I'm going to tell a joke. <laughs> do, do you think it can sense ironies where it just will be like, this is the opposite of what is intended? Is that possible? I, I don't know. I think irony is like one of the. S- s- most difficult things to sense, even for humans. Like Chinese people can't even sense irony. <laughs> that is true. You know, Hong so Kong for a robot, people, can't. You guys kind of can because you had so much British influence. Yeah, Hong Kong is so a like little super more dry open. irony. Like There's no sarcasm yeah. in China. Is there really no sarcasm in China? No, I don't think so. Yeah, you can't be sarcastic. The language, <laughs> like yeah, because it's a tonal language. Wouldn't that throw it off a little bit? There's over I, a I billion people, and there's no sarcasm. That people don't really joke with sarcasm. I don't think. Not that Is I know. Is that not because of length? You know, because if I were sarcastic, I'd be like, 
nice shirt because the tone of my voice you know I'm being sarcastic but the tone of your voice changes the words you say in your language no, you can still say that you can still a, like, yeah I guess you do that you can do an eye roll right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. well <laughs> I could like physically can I with yeah. my eyes I think so that's not what I intended Jimmy I don't know someone's what you're talking about someone's being a little defensive <laughs> huh someone's being a little defensive that wasn't <laughs> So uh, in in reference to new eye theory, rolls, new theory about Chinese okay. uh, sarcasm, everybody who had genetic predisposition to sarcasm was killed by the Mongols. Oh, interesting. Because they're like, yeah, Genghis Khan's coming. Great. And they died. <laughs> <laughs> because he really was. <laughs> uh, speaking of eye rolls, a new story I did happen to see this morning is that uh, emoji is now an official English word, which is really? super exciting. So is butt hurt. Oh, oh really? Yeah, too? it's an oh, Oxford good, English good. That's dictionary. That's a great one. That's yeah. awesome. English, as in the British English, right? That's where the Oxford dictionaries come from. Like they, uh, have they to approve both, the words. I think. Or can both. we just approve? I think the we've kind of taken over. Yeah. English. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Cool. Bigger it's population. Solid. You know. <laughs> I think they even put now. They put like stranglehold on media. <laughs> they put their spelling in some, you know, little footer there. Yeah, like fish and chips. Yeah. It's not chips. It's fries. See, we take hard stances on this show. <laughs> French fries. We should uh, say that as American McDonald fries. Okay, Jimmy. Cut that out. That was just... What, uh, what, what do they call fries in Hong Kong? Sutil. That means uh, potato strips. Potato Very strips. Very literal people. I'm yeah. going to start calling them potato strips. Like Did you guys know that ketchup is a Cantonese word? Because ketchup obviously doesn't mean anything, but it came from uh, Cantonese. Uh, ke chup. Ke, ke means uh, tomatoes. Chup means sauce, so tomato sauce. Well, and then chup means what, what's up. It's a way <laughs> of saying it's, it's ketchup, yeah. Ketchup <laughs> is from Cantonese. It's ke chup. So there's a great yeah. documentary on Only Netflix about sriracha. <laughs> yeah. And it talks about this, uh, how this sriracha is like, is like a really multicultural creation because it's from Thailand, from Hong Kong. Uh, then went to Rosemead, and now it's sold back to Hong Kong and Asia and everything like that. But one of the things that bugged me about it is they didn't point out the really awesome part, at least I thought it was awesome, is that chili sauce itself, like hot chili peppers, are from, like, the southwest. Sichuan. They were just they were brought back by— Are they from Chile? No, no, they're southwest from the China? southwest. No, Sichuan. no, here. Oh, southwest here. Southwest yeah, America. F- yeah, they're from southwest America where this hot sauce was made. Like New Mexico? And that would have just closed. Uh, yeah, well, this, they the whole southwest. They have to be from Chile. There's no <laughs> way people are that confusing. Uh, yeah. They, Is it they named after the pepper or vice versa? I don't know. Actually, I have no idea. Probably the other way around. Uh... And by the way, Kevin's wearing a cool shirt right now. Well, it says Kikamon soy sauce. It's uh-huh. four times too small for him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's, that's an Asian double XL. Yeah. <laughs> well, how would I appear just like insane looking in Asia? Yeah, no clothes will fit you. I know. In China. Oh, Jimmy, I had a question about this shirt. Does, do you think this counts as There's cultural a few appropriation? Basketball players, they're like cultural appropriation. You yeah. What, what do you mean by that? Well, because it's a it's a it's a sauce. It's not a culture. It's, uh, well, Kikoman is a Japanese soy sauce. It's slightly sweeter and less pungent than the regular Chinese soy sauce. So Work with me here, Jim. I, I don't necessarily I'm sign off on that. Okay. See, we're a very focused group. <laughs> yeah. we, <laughs> we occasionally <laughs> ask our guests things. I'm trying so. to drop some facts, you know what I mean? We occasionally talk to our I'm guests. I'm learning things. Everybody seems so smart around me. I thought I could at least educate Emily on some Chinese soy sauce. <laughs> Japanese, apparently. Yeah, exactly. 
Uh, so, Emily, I'm a nuclear physicist, as we already discussed, I think, when we met. Um, and one of the things that's kind of a problem in my mind is that we're running out of plutonium-238. You probably heard about this. Mm -hmm. I asked the PI of Cassini if it was a problem, and he seemed so worried that I was saying it was dangerous that he refused to talk to me about it. And I was like, no, 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 I mean that we don't have enough. He's like, oh, I haven't heard about that problem, and he walked away. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. No, it's a, it's a really serious problem. That, And part of the reason that we don't have enough plutonium-238 is because of a turf war, naturally, between the Department of Energy and NASA, except it's kind of an, the opposite of a turf war, where most, most plutonium-238 gets used by NASA, but the DOE has to manufacture it. And so NASA's like, let's split the cost. And DOE says, no, it's yours. You have to pay for all of it. And it's actually not very much money in the grand scheme of NASA things. It's like $20 million to restart production, which is a lot to me, but it's not very much to the federal government. And mm. it was years of wrangling before they finally restarted production. But even after restarting, they're not going to make very much every year. And so it's going to take a long time to produce it. And now we seem to be sending most of it to Mars on these gigantic rovers instead of sending it to the outer solar system on outer solar system missions. So that has the whole outer solar system community up in arms. Is that why when, when I, I, I know a lot of JPL people because I'm at Caltech, and I always feel like there's like a little war going on there between Mars people and like I, when I talk to to Is it some a bit of a Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> I need an emoji for that. Can we do emojis <laughs> on the podcast? Um, you need sound effects. Yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, Ryan will put those in. Um, yeah, we have a new editor by the way, producer editor Ryan uh, Butcher. Yeah, we rocked out with him in Brea. Did yeah. a great job. Hell yeah. yeah. Finally, for once, this podcast is not delayed. Yeah, it started on time. <laughs> I know, <laughs> and I was super late because I'm so used to you guys' time. Right. <laughs> right. You thought I'd be, out. like, sitting there, like, doing the knob. <laughs> um, so what was I talking about? You were talking about outer versus inner. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I, 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 when, the, you know, when the Martian came out, of course, Mars was hot, so I was asking people a lot of questions. I felt like some signs was just like, enough with the Mars, you know, like, just – is that the reason? Is because they're hating. worried that we... That's right there. Yeah, well, I think every community probably has this. I'm sure the nuclear physics community has it. But um, Mars, a lot of money is spent on Mars. There's like a, a whole right there. Mars <laughs> program that has you know mission after mission being sent. And then everything else has to uh, submit proposals through these various programs to go to every other part of the solar system. If you want to go to Venus, if you want to go to Neptune, you have to submit proposals through either the New Frontiers or Discovery, these other programs. And yet Mars just has this ongoing line. And I think it's actually good for science to do uh, really deep, a lot of missions at one location, as long as you keep doing lots of missions in the other locations. And the problem is that in the recent um, several years, it has been really tough on planetary science. And the number of those other missions has really shrunk. Used to be we were sending a whole bunch. We had things like Kepler um, studying exoplanets, and we had Messenger launched to study Mercury, and Grail to the moon, and InSight to Mars, and all these other things. And now there's fewer and fewer of those missions being selected because of budget problems. And so, and Mars is still getting its same slice of the pie, but it's an ever bigger proportion. It's a PR issue. You yeah. Mars had uh, Marvin the Martian. Mm -hmm. You got to get like mascots for the other planets, and I'm dead serious. It sounds like a joke. But people know Mars because of all like the little cartoons growing up. So you're like, yeah, we've got to go to Mars, Marvin the Martian. Well, personally, and yeah. I, I kind of hesitate to suggest it to this crowd, but I think that the place that NASA needs to send a mission to next is I know Uranus. I going. Because yeah. can you just admit, <laughs> they would yeah. be on every single nightly show every single night. Uranus. Just yeah. the jokes Uranus. over Do you really have to say it that way? Are you that yeah. much Uranus. of a public? That's how I say it. supposed to pronounce it, Uranus? 
I used to teach fifth and sixth grade science, <laughs> and that is how I taught my fifth graders to pronounce it, because otherwise we would not get through a class. Okay. <laughs> I know, but now I'm starting to think I have a question, to like, like a quiz question to test if you're ready to be on our podcast, mm-hmm. is to ask how you say that. <laughs> because I wasn't yeah. expecting that at I all. I say Uranus. You do? Just to be polite? Uranus. Or just I just it's thought funnier. that's what it was called. That's and like guys, <laughs> I kid you not, a very important part of this mission would be at least one or possibly several probes. A <laughs> 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 Uranus probe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it really is just comedy gold for like decades. But um, what about making child, these? They said Uranus, and then they changed it to Uranus when I was about seven. Yeah, they did. Yeah, huh. yeah, on the I news. Was in Hong yeah. Kong, I mean. But it's just like pointing. Politicians used to point with one finger, and then that was offensive to some people, and then they two, and then Clinton did the knuckle. Well, everyone knows not to do all the fingers because that's mean, Mister Mustache. <laughs> <laughs> he ruined it for yeah, everyone. Yeah. He ruined a lot of things. Haircuts, yeah. mustache. Yeah. So um, back back to the plutonium. You guys are. Oh, I just got Tinder message. Um. So back to the you plutonium. Disgust you guys. Me. You disgust me. Why? I like you Tinder. You're on a hit television show. I'm single. I'm not married. You, you know, missed the episode dudes. where he, he explained how that happened. His girls come over to his apartment just to look at it and yeah. leave. Yeah. It's so weird. He said that a girl came in last time we talked about this. Uh, you obviously don't listen to our episodes. Um, <laughs> she came in and he said that a girl came home with him. And said, oh, "I'd really like to see your apartment." He's like, "Okay." And then he said, "I'd really like to see your bedroom." He's like, "Okay." Oh, he's the and story. then the story just ends, and we're like, "Okay, what happened?" And he's like, "Oh, she nothing." Left. Or else I would have told you. That'd be funny if it turns out he's a realtor. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, so well before I got distracted by my notifications, um, the 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 plutonium you guys are talking about. What what do we need it for? Uh, plutonium is needed for the radioisotope thermoelectric generators. Mm. Uh, it uh. you hook basically all it does is decay. And from its decay, it releases heat. And then you've got thermocouples sitting next to the pile of plutonium that generate electricity from that radiant heat. And then you also usually use the waste heat to heat up your spacecraft because it's very cold in space. Mm. So um, Curiosity, actually, this is pretty cool, has a liquid cooling or heating system that it's, it uses Freon, just like a refrigerator. It runs Freon in tubes past the RTG, picks up waste heat, and runs it inside the rover and, and warms up everything on the inside. It'd be funny if uh, the Uranus was sent. It was it was curiosity. <laughs> curiosity. I'm just really curious what's going on over there. Uranus. Curiosity so the, to probe the, Uranus. The Martian made a lot of money. Um, is it possible we should just maybe we're doing this all wrong? Maybe we should just start funding planetary projects by With making movies. a movie. Yeah. Yes. Each planet gets yes. its yeah. movie. And then that pays for a probe. Because movies are such a surefire way of making money. That's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> you got Matt Damon yeah, in it. I was just going to say yeah. Matt Damon. Yeah, yeah. Matt Damon Matt just yeah. does a series of movies. <laughs> the next know. Born Identity should be on Uranus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We're getting very close to the point that people with deep pockets could launch a mission to Mars if they felt like it. So I don't know if I would hitch it to like one movie, right. but I might like try to talk Matt Damon or, you know, Universal Studios. This is why like Branson is there's like zillionaire. There's but like Branson was also dollars. like, oh yeah, I'm gonna fly to that one and claim it. Well, Elon Oil Musk is, yeah. is built a company to build rockets to launch him yeah. to Mars in the future. Elon Musk yeah. should be the first man on Uranus. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> so how much does it cost that you say a private well, person can? Yeah. So when NASA sends a small mission a to Mars, they spend a lot of money. They spend like six hundred million dollars on the cheapest possible lander you can imagine. Mm-hmm. But that's a government agency that has to do everything with zero risk. It takes a lot mm. of expense in order to do it that way. And so if you're willing to fire little things that may fail 
sale and stuff like that. You can spend a lot less money. But wasn't um, that kind of a failure when we tried that in the 90s? They kept failing. <laughs> well, that was the downside. Well, I know yeah. it didn't fail. Is a little movie called Avatar, which made $600 million. <laughs> <laughs> But there's been a lot of development in like miniaturized technology. You can make spacecraft smaller and cheaper. I wouldn't go straight to Mars. I would do this to the moon first. It's much easier. I would love to see a private company land a little lunar rover on the moon, maybe uh, sell tickets to people to be able to drive it around, stuff like that. And that's totally doable. Oil money people could do that. You don't just send one. You send like dozens. And then if some of them fail, it's no big deal. And, you know, you keep driving them around. I don't think that would cost all that much money. It's certainly movie money. Did you ever see that show where you... Like got these dudes have these remote control robots that battle each other. Oh yeah, do that on yeah, the moon. Yeah, they still have that battle yeah. bots on the moon. <laughs> battle bots on the moon. Hell yeah, dude. I'm in. Battlebots on the moon is a great idea. And they'll fund our Mars project. See, dude, you, you know how much battle money on that would each make? planet, and then you go to a farther planet. I'll never end up on any of these because I'm too big. Yeah, every pound matters. They need like a small jockey person. Oh, remember I said we were going to do a flight? Jimmy. I know. Uh, The guy came to the show, and I said, oh, Owen wants to go, too. And he's like, no, I don't think he can go. I'm too big. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I know. Double the cost. Yeah, and it makes it really unsafe. Okay, but here's the thing. I used to work for a billionaire, um, still do a little bit of consulting. And now I work for, you know, on government grants. There's a lot of of stability and, like, sanity in grants that – I mean, maybe a lot of academics don't realize how crazy it is, but, like, the problem with, a, like, a billionaire funding everything is that, like, half of them are crazy. I mean, that's, that's like, the point of Jimmy's show, right? I mean, that's one of the yeah, main we have, features. We have a character yeah. on the show that's kind of like that, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'd certainly rather not depend on billionaires to fund science missions. But when you're starting to talk about things that are a lot easier to do, like launch small spacecraft into Earth orbit, the, the fun stuff. We're seeing a lot. We're seeing a lot of different private companies um, mm-hmm. stepping in and doing that now because that's easy. You can launch a little CubeSat. They're really small. They're cheap. You can launch 30 of them on one rocket, mm-hmm. and lots and lots of different companies are already getting into that. I don't think the moon's very much farther. Problem is that the economic incentives for the moon aren't really there. It's just for fun. Yeah. And so you can't. Yeah. That's it, a good reason to do it, though. Well, That's I mean, there's people that have like a hundred Ferraris. Like, why not go to the moon or <laughs> open up next to Best Buy? Open up pretty good buy. I've wanted to do that for years. <laughs> what What ended up happening with Richard Branson was gonna do his company? Dicky B. Oh, well, you go into space. You go. You send Virgin to Uranus. <laughs> Come on, guys. Come on, guys. It never uh, ends. Uh, it never ends. You notice there's a lot of maturity amongst yeah. us. So. Well, no, his company is still working on it. They've got their spaceship, too. They lost a spacecraft. Very, or, uh, They're not spacecraft, technically. They're suborbital, which means that they go on this great big sort of parabolic arc that gets you up above most of the atmosphere. And so you see black space and you see stars. You see the curvature of the Earth. But you're not in orbit. You're not flying um, to space. Oh. And you come back down. Yeah, it's a very like short a flight. Oh. Why yes. can't they just keep flying? I never understood yeah. that. Because you'd need a much you bigger rocket. Yeah. yeah. I, I would just that would cost ten times more. more. That would cost. Up. I don't even know if ten times more. It would cost a lot, lot more. If it's just yeah. a viewing thing, I would just stay home and watch Hubble 3D on my 3D pad, <laughs> which is <laughs> the greatest thing Google ever. Earth. Mm-hmm. I, are you? Yeah, you definitely familiar with that. When they come up with the 3D images of the stars, is that? Generated? How does that generate? It? it depends on the image. When you're talking about stars, they're mostly just kind of computer gem- generated. Mm. But there's a lot of spacecraft that I can actually take 3D images. So like all the rovers on Mars have stereo cameras. So practically every image, every navigational image you get from Mars is in stereo. You can view it. I do it a lot with um, with Google Cardboard, and you yeah. can just like look around and see everything That's in 3D. Awesome. It's really super. Oh, and then cool. like Cassini, you know, all these flyby missions. They fly, they take a picture, they keep going, they take another picture. So that means they get two slides 
slightly different viewpoints, and you can assemble those into 3D images as well. And so is that so what Hubble is, or is the Hubble movie just computer generated? That's computer generated. Oh, because, God, sorry. So I like Alvin and the Chipmunks. Yes. <laughs> it's yes. made. Did you hear yes. that it slowed down to what? normal speed? Alvin and Chipmunks. Yeah, it's amazing. You should check it out. Is it's, it is it better? It's not better. It just sounds really modern and. Well, the new versions are slower. Or they no. They, somebody slowed. found like a like an LP from like a long time ago, like one of the original ones, and they it's like Alvin, down. Simon, Theodore. No, way slower. You know, Alvin. but but also all their covers of like Sidney Lauper and stuff. You know, <laughs> wow. So I, I wouldn't even nice. want to hear it. I think it would ruin my whole worldview. It was kind of fun. I don't know. Try the other side. You know, just try it. I don't, know, don't be scared. With private companies, you sound like the the curiosity. Just <laughs> <laughs> try, man. It's a great planet. Well, with the like private it. companies like launching um, these possibly failing drones, the and Snapchat robots. rover, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, is there a danger of like having space debris and like just trash on the moon? That's a really good question. So yeah, that's a problem. I think says the guy who says he wants robots that fight on the moon. Sorry, yeah, right. <laughs> I'm not so worried about debris on the moon. The moon is smaller than Earth, but it's a really big place. Um, and so as long as we all agree to stay away from important historical sites like the Apollo landing sites and the Luna landing sites, then we're fine. But if you're talking about in Earth orbit, um, space debris in Earth orbit is a huge problem because if it's too high up, then its orbit will never decay. And it's out there. It can mm -hmm. destroy satellites. It's happened before. And if you blow up one satellite, that creates a ton more debris and it becomes a chain reaction. And right. so we're getting actually, it's, it's hazardous out there. And we're getting to the point where we actually need to think about ways to deal with our space debris problem or else we have a serious um, risk to these hundreds of millions of dollar spacecraft that are out there that can just get whacked by something that we don't know it's there. There's so also these things landing in uh, Spain, I think. Have you seen it? They look I like fuel that, tanks. Yeah. Is that real or is that a, uh, a scam? I mean, they looked yeah. a lot like propellant tanks. I don't know about that particular one. I do know that the Chinese launch site is not over the ocean. It's over land. And so you routinely see photos of Chinese villagers having uh, Chinese rocket parts land on their houses because oh, yeah, that's I, what I, they do. I think I saw one of the, the, the pieces that splits in half. That's as close as they get to sarcasm. <laughs> 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 and that stuff's terrible. I mean, that's got like hydrazine in it, which is incredibly toxic and stuff. Whoa. It's just really bad. Yeah, they probably have no idea what it is. I saw a video. Um, you guys can cut this out if, Kev, you feel like it. But I saw this video. I don't know if it's a hoax, but it was a Chinese news report on a Chinese village. They found this mysterious mushroom that they were playing around with. They're like, what is this? This is some crazy aliens fungus. And it turns out it was a fleshlight. <laughs> That's why you think I'm going to cut it out. <laughs> so, like, That's you, you really see, funny, though. Yeah, you yeah. see, like, <laughs> China, China, like must be crazy. Remember that movie with the, with the back in the 80s from Kenya? Uh -huh. Where the gods must be cra crazy, where they got, like, an empty uh, Coke bottle and it started basically yeah, war yeah, in this yeah. culture. That movie was big in Hong Kong, too. It was? <laughs> yeah. And, um, yeah, so these villagers are, like, turning this flesh out, like, inside out. They're like, what is this? this is some alien thing? And it's, like, a whole CNN, like, the Chinese version of that report. It was pretty funny. Now, did that actually fall out of a rocket? I mean, that makes sense that you would want to send them to space, but that could be. Would a that's what I'm thinking. Would a flashlight mission to space? Would a flashlight survive the atmosphere of Earth? Well, I was at, I was asking Andy Weir a few of those loneliness questions. He was ready to dive in. Yeah, that's about calculations. <laughs> yeah. Have you met uh, Andy Weir? I have met Andy Weir, yeah. We, oh, yeah, um, of course. You just did the event together. Yeah, yeah he came together. to our 35th. The Planetary Society had his 35th anniversary, and Andy Weir was there, and we gave Neil Tyson the Cosmos Award, and um, 
Nichelle Nichols gave Neil Tyson the award, which That's is a really awesome. special moment. I was so was upset awesome. I didn't get to go to that. It I, was really great. I had a show. He's been at the Comedy Store. Yes, who? Yeah, Andy Neil deGrasse Tyson. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, he likes awesome. stand-up. On Trippin' on Tuesdays? It was a while ago. <laughs> but uh, Do you think yeah. he'll do this podcast? I don't know. I've just seen him there. Do you think he'll do it? No. <laughs> Probably not. Because <laughs> like he's, he's too big? or Because he he's a busy guy. Yeah. yeah, I feel like his time is down. Like He's yeah. interviewing Clinton, and he, he sounds like he has places to go. <laughs> <laughs> like Bill Clinton. Yeah. He's like Bill Clinton. He's, he's that guy, hurried yeah. up guy who, you know, eight years of president. Yeah. yeah, but he ex-president, right? It's That's how it's kind of yeah, washed exactly. up. That's politics version of washed up. So you work with uh, Tyson at the Planetary Society, mm-hmm. right? What can you explain maybe uh, what that is and what, what do you guys do there? Yeah, sure. So we were founded, like I said, 35 years ago by Carl Sagan, Bruce Murray, and Lou Friedman. Uh, Bruce Murray used to be a professor here at Caltech. Uh, Lou Friedman used to be an uh, administrator at, uh, he's an engineer, used to be an administrator at JPL. And they founded the Planetary Society in 1980, which was a terrible time for planetary exploration. The Vikings had landed on Mars, um, and Voyager was... The Vikings, that sounded like... <laughs> yeah, the Vikings had landed <laughs> Swedish people with horned hats, like, where are we? So the Viking landings had just happened, and the Voyagers had just passed by Saturn and Jupiter, and the public was so excited about space. And uh, Reagan was talking about eliminating planetary exploration completely from the NASA budget because it was just a waste of money. And so the Planetary Society was founded to advocate, to get all that public energy toward advocating to keep NASA planetary science and to start things up again. And there was almost nothing launched in the 80s. There's only a couple of missions, but it picked way back up in the 90s again. Um, And it's we're in the middle of a second golden age of planetary exploration right now. And we're actually looking at another cliff coming up in the next decade why, because, why because of uh, funding just contracting and things getting expensive. Um, we're going to have the, when Cassini falls into Saturn in 2017, that'll be the end of uh, NASA planetary exploration in the outer solar system that started with the pioneers. We've always had something out there, pioneers, voyagers, Galileo, Cassini, New Horizons. And at, when Cassini is done, that's it for at least a decade. It, it, it seems like these missions and these rovers are pretty successful. Why are they cutting the budget so hard? You know, it's hard to say because they're very popular. They are very successful. Um, it, I guess it's just one of those things where you need a very vocal constituency to keep on top of things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you also, the planetary science budget is just a small part. It's about 10% of the overall NASA budget, roughly. Um, and so when things overrun in other parts of the budget, like you got JWST, you got human space exploration, it's real easy to rob from the planetary science budget. And, to, and just a little bit of squeezing really affects the long-term prognosis of missions. Can Matt Damon save planetary exploration? That would be awesome. <laughs> we need a movie about him just trying to save funding for this. So we're advocating right now for NASA planetary science to get $1.5 billion a year for the budget. Um, and that is a rel- is a healthy amount of money to keep these multiple different kinds mm. of missions going, not just to Mars, but also to the outer solar system and to Venus and to asteroids and things like that. Well, how amazing these new technologies are. 1.5 billion doesn't sound like that much at all. Like Bill no. Gates can just donate that. Well, yeah. dude, oil people, they have like a trillion. <coughs> like they're not even on the Forbes list. They're off the radar. I have comedian buddies that perform privately for these princes. It's a whole mm-hmm. different thing. Yeah. It's like not even close. Like Bill Gates doesn't have anything on these dudes. Actually, the United United Arab Emirates is starting. Is they're developing their first Mars mission. Really? They are. I can oh, see that. Yeah. It's about yeah. time. Yeah. 
I mean, Dubai is basically a Mars mission. It does look like, yeah. Like, they built like this whole they city in the middle it. of nowhere. Yeah, yeah, they terraformed it. Yeah, I think Pants Dubai could probably it. pull off uh, terraforming Mars in a couple they of could. years. They could. I mean, they got cash. Yeah, except it'd, it'd like be, you know, the continents would spell out things. Is, is, that really the, <laughs> is that really the main thing like, that's stopping is, uh, us? boobs. Cash and funding, or Money. is it the technology? <laughs> no. We have the technology. We have the technology. So, like, recently there was um, a, a new call for NASA's smallest kind of missions, discovery missions. They cost about a half a billion dollars to do. And people submit ideas. And people submitted ideas to uh, float around Venus or land on Venus. They submitted ideas to fly through Enceladus's plumes or do a flyby of Uranus or land on Mars or uh, land on comets and various kinds of things like that. And there are tons and tons of good ideas, way more good ideas than we could fund. So if there was just even a little bit more money to fund more of those, even the smallest class of missions, we could go to a huge variety of places. But we're oh going to have to pick one from all of this long list. That's sad. I feel like that's something that crowdfunding could do because everyone, like that's something that you just want Oh, yeah. That might be better. We should crowdfund a yeah. spaceship. Because well, people, you know, you don't want to cr crowd, you know, you always see it's like, I'm working on a movie about me and my friends. And you're like, shut up. But if it's like, let's go to another planet, I'd throw a 20 in there. Yeah, Undo. absolutely. Get a million people doing that. There you go. I would argue that a, that a government that collects taxes is the original crowdfunding. Yeah, <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> I, got, I got dibs on that bit. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> I called it, bro. <laughs> You're a steal from our guests. That's yeah. Yes. Steal from yes. Our well, technically, guests. he's not stealing because no. she doesn't do stand up. Exactly. So what if she wants do to know? start doing stand-up? How do you stand know? Do you you know? guys do can you have stand up? She <laughs> might crush. I do not. Oh. <laughs> have you ever thought about doing stand-up? No, actually, I haven't. Kevin's thought about it. For Kevin, comedian is still in quotes, but we're going <laughs> to get those quotes off. We're going to get those quotes off. <laughs> no way. I, I paid tax. I filled up tax form. For that yeah. show, yeah, it's official. I told my I told my wife I was like, this is official now. Did they give <laughs> some doubt? I am a yeah. Nice. I'm like, well I'm an official, part time professional comedian. <laughs> now you got now you got to sell some merch. Yeah, that's tax free. That's or, right. uh, not well. I mean, not really. The IRS. Yeah, don't, don't say that. <laughs> According to Uncle Sam, it is. Yeah. Yeah, that's the part we cut out, by the way, yeah, boys. Like, <laughs> cut that. The funniest thing is the improv at, and uh, the Melrose Improv makes you sign like a W nine for like. 12 bucks or something like that. Have you guys done that? It's, yeah. it's humiliating. It's, yeah. it's sad. I'm like, why? Isn't it under 600 bucks? I don't have to sign anything. <laughs> they make me give them the social security number and everything, and then the guy hands me $5 in cash. 1099 <laughs> is under 600 And I my think. bar tab's 190 <laughs> Yeah. 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 <laughs> Seriously. And there's that. I'm, I'm, uh, for, for why didn't they laugh, I'm interviewing that Seinfeld guy that invented the word shrinkage. He invented the like word. Shrinkage? Remember that episode of Shrinkage where George has shrinkage? Yeah, that dude. So is he a writer? Yeah, he, he invented. Uh, <laughs> I, that's a bad. You can't put people on the spot like that. Yeah, man. come on, Jimmy. No, I just we're not all. We're not all. They Chinese should just people. have you fill out a, like a 1099 is an independent contract, but they don't want to do that because they think they get to pay less taxes or have more benefits. No, I think W9 <laughs> is a 1099. W9 is what you fill out. That's and super then exciting. Guys. Is what, what they send <laughs> you at the end of the tax year. Uh, Griff, when you go to Romania, do you have to fill out like a 17 all under backwards the table. R? All under the table. <laughs> you have to give no, him a pint of like blood and they, he has to marry someone's grand granddaughter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do you have to pay Romanian taxes? Right. 
<laughs> how, do, how does the tax system work? Well, if anyone in Romania that works for the government is listening, uh, I didn't make any money over there. By the way, so. they're not, so I think we're good. I <laughs> don't <laughs> well, we, we oh, know. People up. have listened to this in Romania. Well, yeah, yep. not people who are working for the tax structure oh, yeah, in Romanian yeah, government. That's, <laughs> that's niche, bro. Yeah, you got to do some yeah, serious yeah. Facebook targeting if you want to hit those people. No, it's probably the like the, <laughs> <laughs> the couch surfer that uh, you know Griff stayed with. Do you like Romania? Uh, it. Yeah, it's it's a culture it. shock. In what way? Uh, the poverty. I've been to Africa and really crappy parts of Mexico, and and just it's the very third world. It's so depressing. Um, but that, they're white though. Uh, they're they're just their own group, <laughs> excluding the gypsies. No, but I'm just joking. They're all, uh, just the poverty. Seeing the gypsy houses, Dracula's oh, castle. Oh yeah, Czech Republic. I was it's craziest stuff. They're, Czech's the nice compared. To oh yeah. well, I know, but the gypsy communities they got screwed, man. They have a they they're in ghettos. We were wondering. I was. Do, or do we talk about the wealthy this? ones? Is Dracula is that cultural appropriation? Everything is. That's why it's such an absurd statement. Well, but that's a that's a really common Halloween costume. So that yeah. That you they're, should get in on that. They're making fun of Vlad the Yeah, 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 yeah fun the of ruler Dracula of Transylvania. They're mocking the ruler of Transylvania. Twilight is mocking the ruler of Transylvania. <laughs> it's racist. Oh. It's culturally insensitive. Yeah. Avatar Count is Chocula. mocking cold people. Every time you eat Count Chocula, you're being culturally insensitive yeah. to Romanians. Count Chocula, he <laughs> beat the Turks. Can I tell you something that really made me mad about Avatar? Uh, the planet, the moon they go to is called Pandora. And there's a moon called Pandora. And I know this because Where? my friend's dad. It's around Saturn. And my friend's dad discovered it. He's the discoverer of it. Did he get paid? And then, Is there a well, moon called Sirius Wikipedia XM? You can look at it. He didn't get residuals or anything for Fr the movie? Uh, he he actually passed away before the movie. Is, but well, way, to, way to bum out the story. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know. <laughs> well, well he like, stole well, it from an ancient myth. Well, but it, it's a real moon. They just made up and another moon. it was a real moon. box. It should have at least been Pandora 2 <laughs> or... Something. I just That's know about point. the Pandora bracelet they sell at K Jewelers. What's that? <laughs> <laughs> They're real lame. <laughs> you guys ever seen those commercials? What? Those K Jewelers commercials are the worst. <laughs> Have you ever thought about the ones you love? Oh, dude. And, and, and <laughs> it's the most manipulative garbage. There's a new ring where you have to get it for your uh, your wife or girlfriend where it's like, one ring is for your best friend, and the other is for your soulmate. Oh, and by the way, God. it's it's on the same ring, so you have to you have to... It, they have to be the same person. Oh, and, and that's how the Pandora bracelets are. It's a bracelet with different pendants. And, and like in the commercial, the girl is like, oh, you love to play soccer, huh? Oh, you've been married for 10 years, huh? Because there's like little pendants for that. I'm like, why? Because oh, people don't even care about that stuff. They care about meaning. and then But advertisers know how to manipulate that. Oh, they're good. They're slick. Isn't she worth it? That's when they have you. Yo, you know, there sort of is a real Pandora bracelet. Because Pandora is one of the ring, the moons that goes around the outside of one uh -huh. of Saturn's rings. And, yeah, one of the so you could have moons? like, uh -huh. yeah, so well, yes, that's what they sort? call them. Oh, okay. um, That's what they thought they were from Voyager days. And now we've learned from Cassini that Pandora actually has nothing whatever to do with the shape of the F-ring. Only Prometheus shapes the F-ring. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah Every cool. Cassini begins with K. <laughs> 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 yeah, Cassini Tennessee, sounds Italian. Yeah. People go for that. Yeah. Sounds like an Italian soccer player. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Isn't there like meteors made of diamond or 
planets made of diamond? Really? They're talking about that. Yeah, some of these ice giant type uh, planets might have diamond rain falling because, like, if it's what? the pressure. What? Yeah. So it's raining diamonds. It's raining diamonds. Oh. So it's uh, it's it. The atmosphere is like liquid um, and at extremely high pressure. So if you've got carbon containing gases like carbon monoxide, carbon dioxide, and methane. Um, at high enough pressure, you could squeeze them into diamonds, and and they Whoa. would just rain down. What, now you where is think some private investors would be going up there because that's a yeah that's, that's a pretty big role. That that's incentive where you well no even on Earth though they're they're common yeah it's well, totally then, artificial. You well, can make them in the laboratory. Well, little easily. Wayne is shooting his next music video on that. Planet. <laughs> 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 yeah, but see, this is the craziest thing now is women don't even want the ones made in labs. I was talking to my wife about that. And she's like an engineer. like She's a practical person. She's still like, there's something not the same about a diamond made in a lab. And I'm like, that's it. I think diamonds are stupid because, you know, the the, the saying goes diamonds are forever, but they're not. They're a high-pressure mineral. They're not stable at um, surface temperatures and pressures, so they decay pretty quickly. They turn into graphite. Can that you is send amazing. that to K jewelers I'd and love all to. them? Exactly, what you just said. <laughs> yeah. Well, women forever. want like just an expensive real diamond because it shows that how much resource you're willing to dedicate. That's yeah, peacock's her. feathers. Exactly. See, exactly. It's see, like, I like zircons because there are zircons in rocks that have been around since the formation of the Earth. We can use these zircons to date the most ancient rocks on Earth, and those things are forever. You're awesome. Yo. Yo. We all just, everyone just fell in love with drop you. Drop some <laughs> mic. If she could drop that mic, she would. That was a <laughs> mic drop. <laughs> Yeah, because diamonds, yeah. It's all about how much financially it hurts you and how much it's you're willing to donate your resource. Say, if if, this, if a wooden rock costs as much as a diamond, that's what a woman would want for yeah, a Yeah, on this planet where it's raining diamonds, it's probably like, no, I want a, I want a gaseous, low-pressure vial of right. Yeah, exactly. Water like, I just want <laughs> human tears. It's the thought. It's <laughs> the thought. Nobody cares about no, the diamond. You know what would be romantic? If you went into the diamond mine yourself and got those diamonds out and helped to make the diamond and put it on the ring. Yeah, see, that's, that's, that's a lot of airfare. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. A waste of effort, though. That's a lot of wasted effort. What do you think is the best type of gift to give somebody? Oh, God, it depends on the person. That's a good point. What do they want? What makes them happy? You mean to give, like, a, your wife? What are you talking about? Yeah, I think he's, yeah. he just got married, so I think he's, like, oh, literally yeah. just brainstorming. Your wife yeah, is like pregnant. Pay, <laughs> pay yeah, attention. Yeah, I don't think I've talked to you about that. Yeah, it's, yeah. Good. it's a boy. Wow. Can have a little boy. How yeah, far along is she? Four months. Already? Yeah. Wow. Because in the picture, she didn't, she didn't show at all. No, it, right? it kicked into gear pretty quick. Wow, four months. Yeah. I have a question about um, Mars again. Uh, do you? We get it. You have three children. It's not thrilling for you. Yeah, it's <laughs> kind, of, <laughs> kind of boring. It's important. Uh, Creating <laughs> life's kind of important to us, Kevin. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Mars. Uh, so do you think that uh, human exploration is financially a bad idea in terms of competing, or is it the other way around where it will actually get people excited about it? Uh, the point of well, it depends on what you think the point of exploration is. So if you if it, you're just exploring to get science, uh, you don't necessarily need to send humans. Mm -hmm. um, or the Planetary Society actually this, has this kind of in-between approach where you can send humans to orbit Mars, but then they can teleoperate you know, through VR yeah, robots on the surface. Me, that one makes me the oh, most yeah. mad. Why? Uh, <laughs> like yeah, because like it, it's just so silly. Like thing. you got to land on the damn planet. You got to land on it. That's the point. What are the astronauts? Away, well, it varies, but yeah, roughly. Yeah. What do the astronauts do on the space station? 
And they just sit there. They mostly clean the space station and maintain the space station. They spend at most like three, four hours doing science every day. Uh So when you send people, you're not sending people into space to explore space. You're primarily sending them to maintain their space station. Uh And the the point of the exercise is to explore, is for humans to to get to places that they haven't been to before. Uh But if you want to do the science, then it's best to have this compromise between human and robot exploration where you send humans close enough to get their brains onto the problems. We can't do that right now from Earth. Mars is too far away. We send our robots sets of instructions at most once a day, and then they have to go autonomously do their thing. Mm -hmm. But if you get humans right there next to them, you can use the human brains, you can manipulate with the human hands, with with servo mechanics Mm -hmm. and all kinds of stuff. You can interact with the environment really realistic way without having to put them down on the surface and spend all your time and money just creating a place for the people to live, because that's that's not the exploration part. The exploration right. part is going out. Well, and well I had this stuff. conversation with Kip Thorne, and he didn't seem to appreciate my thoughts on it. But um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, to me, like when people, s- I, I I don't quite like it when people say you don't get any science out of sending somebody to the surface or, or people to anything, because to me, they're one of the most important scientific questions is: is it possible to have a person do that? And that's that's not. You know that that's maybe more of a humanities question. That's one but opinion. It's, it is a real. <laughs> yeah. It's a real scientific question. I it like to me it. It uh, I, I think theorists say it more than experimentalists because they because they're thinking well of course it's theoretically possible to have a person on on a planet but it's not experimentally trivial like that's not true that it, we just automatically know how to do it in fact we don't it's hard so. That's I mean it. I'm not denying that it I would be. Um, <laughs> it, you know, in, in a humanities, in a, philosoph- in a philosophical sense, in that kind of sense, it would be quite important to have a human on the surface. So the question, you just got to write down what your goals are and then figure out how much money it's going to take to accomplish those various goals. Mm-hmm. If our goal is to do uh, scientific research of various kinds, then you want one set of missions. If your goal is simply to put a human on a planet, which is basically what the goal of our lunar exploration was with humans, mm-hmm. then you're doing a different mission. And okay, so but just I'll, gotta I'll give you an example. Uh, you probably know the answer, so I don't, don't. You don't answer, but can you guys name the uh, astronauts who went to the moon on Apollo 11? Neil Armstrong. Uh-huh. Buzz, Buzz Aldrin. Uh-huh. Uh Gary McGarrystein. <laughs> How about you, Griff? Can you name him? <laughs> I had two of them, but that okay. was it. How about you? <coughs> yeah. How about you? I mean, I can name them in Chinese, but you know, it wouldn't translate. Michael Collins? Yes, exactly. Yes. But you guys didn't but, know who that but was. But it's right? sort of a right? trick question. Because all he did was circle He the didn't moon. land on the moon. <laughs> oh, that's so, right. I asked the question. You could have told me that. Yeah. That would have been fine. <laughs> but I was trying to make a point. You uh, tricked yourself with your own trick Yeah, oops. Okay, so next time I'll ask the question right. Michael Collins never landed on the moon. You didn't phrase it properly. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) But my point is, we don't want the people taking all the credit. You know, like Buzz Aldrin and Neil Armstrong are like heroes to humanity. And, uh, you know, Michael Collins is just... Mars had Marvin the Martian. You got to have a mascot. (laughs) People are simple-minded, myself included. Well, one of the (laughs) ultimate goals is to colonize these planets, right? Is that well, I, yeah. I would think That's so, yeah. Right? Well, see, he's asserting that the goal is to put humans down there. Now you're asserting that the goal is to colonize. It's, I don't know. we got to have this conversation. People <laughs> need to agree on something. But, I mean, it's right. one of the goals, right? I mean, what is the ultimate goal of well, planetary you, you're, you're asking the question with comma right at the end, and I think the point she just made was that. 
it's not it's, it's not, not clear what's right. Yeah. yeah. Well, so to me, so I'm coming from the planetary science community. It's not mm -hmm. the exploration community. So from planetary science, the kind of the fundamental questions are, how did we get here, and are mm -hmm. we alone? Yeah. And so you answer, how did we get here? That's how did the planetary um, system form? How did Earth get to be the way it is? Why is Earth different from Venus and Mars and all these other places? Are we alone? Is this whole search for life thing? So those are the two questions that motivate most scientific research. But then, so you, there might be a different goal if you're talking about humans. So, you know, uh, should we be a, a multi-planet species? If you think the answer is yes, then then colonization is your goal. Mm, I see. Okay. And, and people might even interfere with the search for life thing, right? Because oh, I don't yeah. know how we're going to sterilize that's a big problem. people. I mean, you can't sterilize yeah. a spacesuit when you go out. I mean, that'd be crazy. So. That's right. As soon as we send humans to the surface of Mars, the search for life on Mars is effectively over because oh. we're going to contaminate the heck out of it. Panspermia. And so, we will, we yeah. will colonize it. Yeah. yeah. The, the thing that blows my mind about um, panspermia is the fact that it's a lot easier to transport stuff from Mars to Earth than from Earth to Mars because oh, oh, Earth wow. has much higher gravity, so it's harder oh. to launch stuff in the first place. Oh. And it's closer to the sun, so it's much harder to move it outward from the sun because that's uphill well, than it is to move it downhill. I'm so excited the sun. about all these oh. uh, these things with all these like like Pluto might have liquid water. That blows my mind because then there's there's like possibly hundreds of these things out there that are like not I, you know I used to think oh those would be like the sort of stasis machines that carry it. But, you know, maybe they're living there, too. Yeah. But some oceans are better than others. Uh -huh. So it's better if they're warmer. Um, it's better if they are closer to the surface, lower pressure. It's hard to do these kind of chemical reaction things with, with long, proteiny sort of chemicals when your ocean is under super high pressure. Um, and it's better if you're in contact with rock to get all of those chemical elements that you need. So that's why places like Europa and Enceladus are favored over something more like Ganymede. C can we make basic life chemicals on Earth? Uh, you can. Um, you can make. You can take uh, uh, primitive atmosphere constituents and zap it with electricity, and you make tholins. That you make these long oh, chain tholins. stuff. Yeah. So nice. that's the. That's a famous experiment. Um, and amino acids too. Yeah, yeah, amino acids for sure. And then so. the the factor is just insane amount of time, right? Well, yeah. that's the hard part. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how you get from organic goo floating in an ocean to life is the the grand mystery. That's right. one of those things that they're doing. I right. mean, I have very weak. Uh, evidence for this, but there's some like bioinformatic arguments that life appears to be much older than three billion years. Like it's much closer to like ten or something like that. Now I I, I just have this conversation with a guy who's who uh, um, Chris Adami who does um, artificial life stuff, and he said that that extrapolation was full of shit. The but, thing um, is that that to know. to a physicist, I mean, four and ten are pretty much the same number. Uh, so. Well, yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> what does that mean? I don't, I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> it's just some secret that we don't yeah, know about. Yeah. Well, people are, when you do these kinds of as estimation type things, you're usually talking about orders of magnitude. So you can tell the difference between 1 and 10 or 1 and 100, uh, but like 4 and 10 are pretty close. Well, I guess I guess what I mean is like the most or primitive life we know, you know, like Archaea and stuff like that, these ones that can survive, they seem overly complicated me compared to the relative changes that we made after that so I mean we have all this like cellular machinery that seems like its complexity 
I don't see how we could just jump from. Yeah, but even the, the archaea that we have to today the, have been around for four billion years. Yeah, that's true, but they don't have large genomes, so they don't have the capacity to change much from. This how is they getting work. intense. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> but there is a. Did you see the study that was published a couple of weeks ago that that looked at zircons again, my favorite mineral, um, and found evidence for uh, complex organics that probably life originated organics way older than previously thought. So not just three point five, but back to like three point eight ish or older. Uh-huh. Yeah, so on zircons, that's awesome. In inside zircons. Wow. So that is that's a good that is a nice life. ring excuse mm -hmm. there. You're like, yeah, it's not a diamond, it's it's cute zirconia. But you know, it made life. So mm -hmm. it contains Earth's earliest yeah. life. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I mean that whole diamond is your best friend is crazy to me. How is your best friend rock? <laughs> some of my like best friends are rocks. Rock. <laughs> uh, I know, I guess some of my best my best friend's a dog that just licks me and just wants to my leg. <laughs> yeah. I guess we all have our demons. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I think we're wrapping up. So, uh, do you guys want to plug anything? And then I'll ask Emily at the end. When's this coming out? Uh, really soon, I think. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to be away, but well, uh, we got Addison Ryan. Improv, weekend of Thanksgiving, and then uh, what's the other one? Toledo. I'm doing a comedy club there first weekend in December, and then Why Didn't They Laugh podcast on iTunes. Oh, and we're doing uh, Flappers, right? Burbank? Oh, yeah, Flappers. Yeah. That, oh, that's, that's on Sunday. Out. This yeah. Sunday, Flappers. The whole gang's going to be there. Yep. And uh, Jimmy, you're doing Flappers in December, I think. I saw you on there. Am I? Yeah. Oh. He doesn't know. He's well, I guess so. Hot shot. Let me talk to my manager you're about headlining my shows. A whole weekend. You don't even, so. that's awesome. No, no, that's in Claremont. The Claremont flat. Oh, really? I believe. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so I'm okay. driving out there with my buddy. That's in December. I'm um, also currently cutting 60 minutes in seven days. It's going to be a phenomenal documentary. Did it work out? Or are you gonna, is that a secret? Whether it did worked it work out? out? Yeah, 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 it was, yeah. Is it a success? Or yeah, no. Probably about 40, 45. All right. So there you go. You don't need to watch anymore. Thanks a lot, Kevin. <laughs> no, it's the openers and closers. I couldn't. Actually, if you put all the shows together, I probably got 60. Oh, okay. But cool. I couldn't get a closer or an opener properly. All right. Mm. I could get an opener. I mean, openers aren't there. I just couldn't really. I didn't feel comfortable with the closer. Okay. This is a long plug. Yeah. So, uh, Jimmy. Life is kind of a long <laughs> plug, Kevin. We're always plugging something. Uh, you can follow me at Twitter, KP Hickerson. Um, I think I've already. Um, Closing in on Jimmy for followers. You, Emily, you have an amazing number of followers, right? How many followers? Do you, you beat Owen? I've got about 90,000. Oh, what? <laughs> wow. I'm pushing 60. I'm going to get some <laughs> fake followers, man. This is, I got like 6,000. Dude, you posted that video and then it like already has 4,000 views. I was like, what the? Yeah, people know who yeah. I am, bro. All right. Kind of a big deal. <laughs> I'm Griff, how many followers do you have? TBS and comedy. What's that? Griff, uh, how many followers do you have? Are you? All right, never mind. Almost 6,000? All right. Uh, what's your? Uh, if people want to follow you, what should they do? If they want to talk to you or send you zirconium, that would zircoids. be cool. No, so you can find me <laughs> at Eloktawala on Twitter or at Explore Planets, which is the Planetary Society's Twitter feed. Planetary Society is at planetary.org, and I blog there pretty frequently. Um, and we're also on Planetary Radio, which is a weekly podcast. So check us out there. Oh, awesome! All right, super thank you. rich people, give them money. Why Please. would you keep it? Like, what do you, you need gold-plated things? Like, that's absurd. We launch actual spacecraft. We get NASA to fund, we get the Congress to fund more NASA. We do all kinds of great stuff. There you go. Get involved. Yeah, yeah what am I doing with my life? Yeah. No need to spiral. It's been a good one. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thank you very much, everybody.
see you next week. Peace.